0: It's that time of the week again. Welcome to another episode of Play Next, brought to you in partnership with BMW. I'm Edith Bowman, and you're you. Thanks for joining me. I'll tell you in a minute what we've got coming up on the podcast, but I am itching even more than usual to get straight into the music. And we're starting off with one of the most exciting and memorable tracks. Let's dive straight in, shall we? We begin in Dublin with a 23-year-old singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist who's been called one of Ireland's most exciting new talents. I'd agree. She released her debut single, Cold Blue Light, only a few weeks back, and she's already got another piece of gold for us right now. Now, there's touches of the strokes here, a little nod to Yeah Yeah Yes," but it's also... Utterly hard and fresh sounding. It's so good. She goes by the name of Kinsey, and this is Happiness Isn't a Fixed State. isn't it? That's Kinsey with happiness isn't a fixed state. I'm desperate to hear so much more music from her. Now, I just couldn't wait to play you that, but I did say I'd let you know what was coming up on the podcast. Amazing music aside, of course. So here goes. I've got two great guests chatting with me a little bit later. First up, I'll be talking to visionary musician and utter genius Meryl Garbus, who plies her trade under the name Tune Yards, an act that I have loved for, well, longer than I care to remember, but I'm thrilled to have her here to get to know her a little bit better. And then, if that wasn't enough, I'll be talking with brothers Howard and Guy, who make up one of the world's biggest electronic music groups, none other than Disclosure. And if I make you wait a little for those conversations, it's only so that I can play you some more brilliant new music. The deal with this podcast is that we only play you tracks that we think you're really going to like. So, Try this one for size I think it's beautiful It's got a stunning emotional build Gorgeous use of strings over a fantastic beat This is Devaney and Bathwater From 404 Guild And the track's called Paradise Drive
1: Two steps from my old one Two jumps from a cold pause with a lump stuck in my throat And a dagger in my heart I would trips round a golf course Hand clutched to my arm hard I would pray that these doors pass I would wish they were the stars Best friend, he would save me His family saved me I still cry like a baby At those memories lately And I pray for the safety But I don't pray much lately In fact, on a daily I wish someone would raise me It's that domino effect I changed my mission, I lost my vision, the domino effect, the domino effect, it's that domino effect, I failed the systems to change my vision, the domino effect, the domino effect. Step one, I had to let my ego go, step two, I had to rearrange these floors, three, I had to realise I'm lost, step four, is a path I hold on shore, five, is to walk this road alone, step six, I don't know, I just hope I grow, stay and listen, or not kitchen. the night in kitchens, go and go domino effect. I changed my mission. I lost my vision. A domino effect. A domino effect. It's that domino effect. I failed a system, I changed my vision. A domino effect. A domino effect. It's that domino effect. I changed my mission. I lost my vision. Ya toma no
0: The production on that is exquisite. I adore the vocal, also the atmospheric end, and it's very clever. It's really stayed with me. Now, I've got one more track to play you before I bring you my chats with Meryl Garbus from Tune Yards and the Disclosure Boys. But this seems like a very good time to remind you that as well as this podcast, there's also a Play Next playlist. Now, we've played so many brilliant new tracks from up-and-coming artists since we started this podcast, and we've put them all in one place. Just for you. All you need to do is head to Spotify, search BMW UK, and they'll all be there on a list that's getting larger, longer, and is filled to the brim of musical brilliance. But hold fire, listen to that for now as I give you my third offering today. Berlin bubblegum pop star Leah Leah describes her music as baby punk. And on this track, she's mixing all sorts of dreamy sonic ingredients. This is Nightcall. i to describe that and that's a good thing Leah Leah with Nightcall very good indeed this is Play Next with me Edith Bowman brought to you in partnership with BMW and one of the absolute joys of doing this job is that I get to talk to musicians that I love and admire and today is no exception as I'm very fortunate to bring you a conversation I had with a woman who's done so much pioneering work for more than a decade now she defies all expectation with the way she creates music both in terms of her approach but also in the craft and production She's utterly unique and exciting And you may know that I'm a big fan of soundtracks and film scores and that's also a part of her world So apologies now if I go a bit fangirl with Mel Garbus from the fantastic Tune yard. Meryl, thank you so much for taking the time to chat My to pleasure. us. Um, we are genuinely massive fans of the music and, and what you and Nate do in Tune Yards. It's just, it's been wonderful to, as music fans, watch your journey as as kind of creators, really. Thank you. I mean, there's loads that I want to talk to you about, but I was so excited and so impressed by the work that you did as well with uh, on, on Sorry to Bother You, the, mm. the film from a couple of years ago. Thank you. And um, with Boots Riley. And I'd r- I really wanted to ask about how that came about. Yeah, I mean, that was a,
2: a I, I think it came about because Boots was really generous and a fan <laughs> and came to me really pretty early on. I mean, the the screenplay was in some kind of finished form and it had been published in, I think, McSweeney's or one of those journals. And he, at the time he was like, this is, this is going to happen. It's going to get made. You know, and I'm gonna need music for it. Uh, and you know, would you be interested? And and in my head, I was like, like, of course I'm interested. But this movie's never getting <laughs> made. You know, <laughs> like I, you know, come on, a script in which A, B, and C happened, and like you're bringing, you know, these like, you know, labor, um, Marxist politics in, and you're you know, like, no way is this cool, amazing movie in which I believe so wholeheartedly going to get made. And then it got real. And then I, I said, Nate. Uh, to Nate Brenner my writing partner uh, and life partner <laughs> I was like you have to help me with this because this is if this actually happens I I don't first of all I don't have the compositional skill that um, in terms of being able to think of musical themes over a two hour movie that felt like, yeah. um, and, and even just the sheer volume of music that we had to compose. So um, luckily I I had Nate's skill in, you know, he went to music school and could kind of have this language of taking one theme and building on it and doing enough variations to kind of take take the music into this feature length film <laughs> realm.
0: I love that film. Yay. I think Lakeith as well and Tessa are just two of the most <gasps> oh, extraordinary no. performers as well. I mean, they Agreed. yeah, they're so great. Were you privy to their performances when you were writing music for yes, them? Yes,
2: a lot. We spent a lot of time watching them <laughs> to the yeah. point where it was like really weird meeting them. And, the, you know, when we finally <laughs> met them, I was like, in real life, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a feeling of love. You know, we'd watch yeah. both of them for so like hundreds of hours. Yeah, it was, which was a total privilege, but it was, yeah, to meet them in person was like, oh,
0: (laughs) I, I really think you're a real wordsmith as well. I love your, your kind of lyrics and the kind of poetic nature to, to them a lot of the time as well. And I wanted to just ask a little bit about, about how you write kind of lyrically as well. And if you think about it in that way, or if, you know, if you, how you work with that.
2: Thank you first of all because I, I don't because sometimes I, I mean because I really I spend so much time on the lyrics and sometimes I think
0: is anyone actually paying attention
2: to those so it means a lot when yes. people actually
0: are I mean is a like, nothing nothing feels like dying like the drawing of my skin is just like that's sort a of beautiful amazing line it's like you know if you just there's just one example <laughs> Man,
2: thank you. I was like, who wrote that lyric? Oh, that was me. <laughs> you.
0: That was me.
2: I spent a lot of time writing. I try um I really try to write every day. Uh anyway, you know, not lyrics, but just write, 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 write. So, yeah. It means that I have to kind of hack away 80% at least of the original writing on the topic. But part of what I've been noticing is that you know we're we're very uncritical most of the time of the media that we take in. So mm. you know even you know you're on this program you you edit with I assume there's going to be some you're going to be playing some music and there's a specific way that you introduce things and um, frame things and you know we're lucky that it this is music that we're talking about when you're talking about the facts of what happened in a police brutality case say. In, in the killing of someone, um, the New York Times will have on their podcast this kind of music that kind of scores and and really emotionally manipulates us, right? Yeah. And then this other reporting will have this kind of heightened sense of passion and injustice and um, and that's its own emotional framing of the situation. So in this time, it feels like, this is a time where having being able to to hold complexity is of the utmost importance and that is what i want to do in songs and And that makes it hard because people don't know. They're like, "What do you? I don't understand. You said this thing and then that thing, and it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I just want a love song, or I just want a song about being broken heart. You know, like I just want music to be simple. So our our music and my lyrics are Mm. not that. Let me lose my
0: soul. It's really interesting you talking about that whole idea of going, Oh, I just want a, you know, I want a I want a sad song or I want this. And when you think about the lyrics for nowhere man, mm. <laughs> you know, people want to hear you sing, you know, it's kind of it's 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 kind of, yeah, would you mind talking about a little bit about mm. Nowhere Man and you know, and, and also new music and and where you are with with a, a collection of of new songs, and if there's an album there as well, yeah, there there is there is an yes. album there. <laughs> now,
2: how how to navigate the current, uh, <laughs> you know, the internet yeah. to get an album yeah. out into the, the world, world right now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, that's another question. But yeah, there's there's <laughs> there is an album's worth of songs in, in the in the wings, waiting in the wings, which we I'm really really excited about, um, really proud of. Probably the most proud I've been of any album. Does every band always say that? We're, this is the no. best album to date. <laughs> <laughs> the last one was awful. But this right. one, I'm really... Right, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. For the people that didn't like the last one, that's okay, because this one's <laughs> different. But the yeah. same for the people who did like the last one. Um, uh, Nowhere airman, right. So it did come out of, of this you know, there's so much and now terrifyingly so there's so much anti-abortion legislation. So I, it was one of those days in the studio and I had just found, you know, I heard some news about um, some of this legislation coming down. And um, I just, you know, I forget as a singer, even I forget that Singing is a way of moving energy, and take you know this sickening feeling and energy in me, and and this feeling of my body being policed. That I'm allowed to move that through mm-hmm. through singing and through my voice, and through moving and making music that that moves me, and and hopefully other people. And so that was what I did that day. I just you, I I was able to kind of tap into to that energy of of moving that energy out um and and that's what it is I I felt like this is you know nowhere to run nowhere to hide is the chorus but it's like is that to me or is that to these old white male lawmakers is that to yeah. us as a society that that I want it I want there to be these uh, 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 an engagement um with yeah. with the song
0: When can we hear some when is the record gonna be when when we have it? When we have when, it? When
2: we're not sure yet. I think um I think the record industry is um going through a lot of shifts and changes mm-hmm. and one of the things is um is a demand for single culture and I believe in the album personally. So we're trying to we're trying to be nimble with it yeah I would assume hopefully early next year
0: yeah I'm right there with you in the album I think it should be celebrated and preserved really I think that yeah you know it's like they're like books really it's kind of a beautiful they're beautiful stories they can be really you know direct stories they can make you think they can make you ask questions they can ease pain they can do so many things sort of thing. And it's that thing yeah. where you you know you don't pick up a book and read chapter 2 then chapter 8 and then, you know right. you kind of put it you know you yeah. go from start to finish yeah that's how I like to see them um, thank you so much for taking the time oh, to yeah. talk for, to me it's been, been such a joy me. it really has thank you what an absolute pleasure to talk to Meryl Garbus and here's Tune Yards with Does It Feel Good from Sorry To Bother You If you haven't seen Sorry to Bother You, I recommend that you check it out. Tessa Thompson and Lakeith Stanfield, two extraordinary talents who deliver a quite brilliant film. But back to the music. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, then remember that this podcast comes with a built-in safety feature, something that can stop you from missing an episode and potentially missing out on finding your new musical love. It's called a subscribe button. And all you've got to do is press it wherever you get your podcasts. And I will appear at your metaphorical door every Wednesday clutching a bag of tunes and some interesting guests. Interesting guests like these boys. Now, in just 10 years, Disclosure have gone from bedroom music makers uploading their songs to MySpace to being quite simply one of the world's biggest dance acts. Thanks to tracks like Latch, Magnets and White Noise, they've won fans around the world and are constantly in demand as performers, DJs, remixers and producers. They've also scooped plenty of nominations from Grammys and Brits to Ivan Novello's and Mobile Awards. Along the way, they've collaborated with artists as diverse as Sam Smith, Lord, Gregory Porter, London Grammar, Slow Tie and The Weeknd. It has been quite the journey. So what's the secret of a successful collaboration and how do you balance your creative and artistic desires with those of someone else? I know, why don't we ask them? Howard and Guy, thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat to us on Play Next. It's been amazing to watch your trajectory and your career and not just in terms of where you go musically, but also just kind of what you choose to do, you know, and what you throw your weight behind as well. It's been really amazing to watch. Have you had the chance to kind of reflect at all on what Disclosure have done?
3: Um, Every now and then, yeah, you get like the odd moment where it's a bit of a pinch yourself thing. And I think for me the time that was most reflective was the year that we came off the back of the caracal tour so that was like what 2017 or so, around that time where we had like a bunch of time off we intentionally took some time off um because we'd pretty much been touring nonstop stop for like seven years we yeah. were like, it's time <laughs> you know, like, like, holiday we'll everybody
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah
3: yeah and also like you know other than You know, with all the talks about, like, mental health in the music industry at the moment, there was a bit of wanting to maintain some sanity and go home and get a bit more grounded with family and friends and that. But also, we were like, we just need to go home and get inspired musically. You know, we've been making music constantly that whole time without really ever thinking about it, which I guess is fine. But it was time to switch things up, so... Yeah, we, looking back at that point was crazy, you know, because we'd become adults in that time. You know, we went from being fifteen and eighteen to being like I don't know what it was, like twenty-two and twenty-five or something. You like were that. so was,
0: young when you, I mean, it was un, it was amazing. It was so inspiring,
3: and it felt young at the time for me, especially because I was I was always the youngest person in the in the clubs and at the festivals and that stuff. You get told to um, it a lot as well. But now looking. Like, yeah, you get told it a lot in interviews. But, um, but like looking back now, we weren't that young because like look at all the people coming up nowadays. There's like so many producers that are like 13 now. It's crazy what kids are doing.
0: Yeah. It's what's always been amazing though is in terms of how, how much you're able to work with a really diverse and brilliantly eclectic mix of voices and collaborators. You know, you introduced us to Sam Smith uh, you know, that's kind of where it's like, I remember saying to you, go, where did this voice, where did you find it? And and what you've always done is that kind of mix of things. And I love the fact that you've got, you know, you when you look at the work that your collaborators have done on this record, be it, you know, Khalees or Common or Slow Ties, three examples, what a diverse mix of of voices and talent and experience as well. How does that collaboration process start?
5: Um, well, the process starts um, from the simple fact of us being fans of these people's music. <laughs> uh, it's as simple as that. You know, we we go out and we try and find people whose music we've been hammering at home. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's legends like Common and Calise, Uh And sometimes that's brand new up-and-coming talent like uh, Channel Trez. And then you get into, you know... Times where I guess you immerse yourself in completely different cultures and, and ideas and, and music. And, and that definitely happened to us in, in that period of time in 2017 where, where we took a break. Um, I, I remember just absolutely hammering the entire Fela Kuti back catalogue for that whole year. <laughs> I just felt so uninformed and like didn't really know where that music had come from. You know, I, I understood that that music inspired so much of, of our favorite material. So I felt like better mm. do some research. So it, it wasn't about trying to find artists to work with. It was, we became fans of music from all over mm. Africa. And, um, you know, if you, if you become a fan of that style of music and you're a music producer like we are, it's going to make its way into your, uh, your sounds and your, in your subconscious. And so, you know, that, that's how it happens for us. Um, and we're yeah. in a lovely position now where, you know, we can reach out to people, and they'll take our call. That's the best thing. You know, back at the start, it was, we'll just take anyone we can get.
0: <laughs> not anyone. Surely not anyone. Yeah, we'll do a session with anyone,
5: honestly. <laughs> the three rules we always always have is you've got to be a nice person. You've got to bring something yeah. to the room. Either that's an instrument playing ability or a voice. And you have to be able to write. Mm-hmm. You, you can't just do what we tell you. You've got to be able to write. That's it. You can turn up, look in any old way, being whoever you are, from wherever you are, and we'll do a day with you. Uh, because, you know... Sometimes even the songs that don't get finished being made, you know, you learn a lot from those sessions. And we had we made 200 songs for this record, so we did a lot.
0: Whoa! Yeah, yeah, we
5: did a lot of sessions that didn't work out. But it's not that they didn't work out in terms of, you know, maybe the song didn't make the album, but we learned a lot.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. Um, I loved hearing about um, Channel Three being kind of quite nervous and shy. About about yeah. your session and you, you talk but yeah. I, I, and kind of you know but but I, did were you guys aware whilst you were doing it that this was how Not
3: really no no I, he, he was very like he's very reserved and very cool you yeah know? like he's got a super low voice he comes in like that and then once it got to the end of the day he was like come outside I'm I'm gonna have a cigarette and I was like okay I came out and stand with him and then he was like is the session over and I was like yeah and he's like oh, okay, cool. I was totally holding it back. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> 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 okay, cool. that's amazing. Yeah, it was really nice. Really nice. And, and you know, we're big fans too.
0: But Howard, when it comes to, you know, you, you get that time with that artist, be that in person or, you know, I imagine that there were moments where wherever you were with, you know, other projects, you weren't able to physically be together to work on the, the songs. I don't know if that's the case, but how does that cl- collaboration work in terms of, you know, working together to create the song?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, well, the first thing to say is that we always get in the room with the person. We never really do the room Um, Yeah, it. Yeah, it's not, I don't really have anything against that. I just, it doesn't work for us normally. You know, like we're really quite particular about sorts of things that we like and you can't really express that over an email, you know. Um, And so, especially if you're working with someone who's not within the same realm of music you know like working with someone like for example Gregory Porter who he's really like doesn't listen to house music at all you know like that's not his bag at all so it was important that we got in the room because once he told us that I was like well then you know what we're gonna write a song like in your world like we'll write it with just a piano and vocal and then me and Guy will take it away afterwards and remix it and that's what we did and that's how he made Holding On. Um, so you wouldn't get that over email like we would have just started writing to the house beat and maybe it wouldn't have gone well maybe it would, who knows It's amazing
0: to hear you talk about the kind of collaboration that you have not just with other artists but with each other you know in terms of you know almost kind of like what each of you does as, as part of disclosure has it always been like that you know being being brothers and, and growing up together have you always been collaborating in a way not just with music I guess but you know siblings I've got two boys I know what it's like
5: yeah, yeah. well, I think actually th- this disclosure, the whole project is what really brought us together more as brothers. Like we weren't super close as kids we're three years apart. So, you know, at school, that's quite a big difference. You know, you're, you're at different stages in life. And this, that seems like a big gap. And we were into different stuff um as kids so we we got on but we just didn't hang out much and the music and doing this together is what really I think made us like into better friends aside from being brothers um and then yeah musically I think this record in particular is the most we've stayed in our lanes as what we do best Um, and that's just happened naturally over the course of the last 10 years I think before like we each had more of a say or more of an opinion of what each of us should be doing like I would care more about the chords and the harmony um, and maybe Howard would Howard might even start the whole project Like he might start with a drum beat and chop up a sample and then I would just mix it I mean that's how like when a fire starts to burn came around like Howard almost wrote that whole thing and then I just put it together and sculpted it and now it's much more um, of we know what we're best at and let's just do those roles because we don't step on each other's toes much in that way. And so there isn't really anything to argue about. You know, if Howard commits to a melody, he's like, I know this is right. We're like, cool, I trust that. And same with me and my choice of drum sounds or I don't know, the choice of like, Howard will send me chords or whatever or show me some chords. And it's up to me to present them how I think they should sound. And he'll trust that vision as well.
0: Listen, thank you so much for your time today. Um, it's so great to chat to you both. And, you know, the, the new record, I think, is just, it's brilliant. I love the kind of, I love the voices and I love the kind of synergy between all those voices across the record. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Thanks so much for your time. Lovely to see you both. Take care. Stay safe.
5: Thanks, Edith. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for your support as well.
0: Such Lovely, lovely individuals. Howard and Guy from Disclosure. That new album, Energy, is out now. What a show this has been. And I've still got one more track to play you. Make Friends are a four-piece from Bristol who are just starting to make waves with what's been called their Bombay Bicycle Club Style jangle Pop. Comes off the tongue easy. This track of theirs is a bit more subdued. It's full of glassy percussion and warm flourishes. It will make you sway and it will make you smile. It's called Hesitate. you Like that is a cracking track. There's something timeless about it, but I could also name you so many brilliant world-class artists it reminds me of, and then they still manage to deliver something new and exciting. Very clever. Make friends with Hesitate. So that's it for another episode of Play Next, brought to you in partnership with BMW. I shall return with another podcast next week. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful week and that something you've heard today lodges firmly in your head and in your heart. From me, Edith Bowman, thanks for listening.